Hello everyone and welcome to this webinar today. Um, I'm Francis Ely from Enfield Climate Action Forum and Global Net 21. And this is one of the many webinars we do. And today we're looking at climate change again, but we're looking at it from the perspective of how children view climate change. And we've got Jeff Dukes with us today. Now, Jeff is, is a very busy person. He's got a lot of interests. He works with a lot of people and you'll tell us about that in a minute. But he is also working with trying to reflect what children feel about climate change. So Jeff, thank you for joining us today. And maybe I could ask you if you could start by just telling us, I mean, because you have a very interesting life, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, well, I was, I was um, born in London. I was, I was, yeah, my background was, I was pretty much on the streets when I was very young. I was really had a fairly rough childhood. So I had, um, a curiosity to how to make uh, situations better, you know, from there, right? Um, and then I went into, uh, I just started to study in film, and then I went into working mu in music, which I did from 1969, uh, 68, 69 onwards. Um, so my background was really dealing with creative people in music and trying to help and evolve their careers and what they're trying to do, you know, um, which was very, I mean, I worked with many, many artists, many uh, successful artists, and um, was very fortunate that uh, it was at a time as well when uh, there was a, a lot of things were possible, maybe a little bit easier than now. Yeah? And you still work with those artists, don't you? I think Kate Bush is one of the people you work with. Yeah. I, I still do so. I still work with Kate and I still work with um, from time to time with Geldof, with Bob Geldof. Um, and most recently, also I, Underworld, who I just stepped away from because they're so busy and I'm trying trying to get into other things. Um, so there's been this work with creative people, always with a kind of social awareness there. You know, we had, you know, in the early days, we had bands playing in prisons, we had bands lots of free concerts. It was really part of that world of <clears throat> trying to instigate change. And, um, and part of some, you know, some ecological projects, which were very interesting musical projects, which were, one of them was One World, One Voice, which was a, an album that, it, that was made, oh gosh, 25, 26 years ago. And now you've sort of, uh you know, move to looking at climate change. I mean, what's made you interested in that? My interest is really that um, the frustration really of figuring what, how do we get a voice there? How do we get something? How do we actually get heard? Because uh, it started off with the idea that um, people, you know, the, the, the powers that be find it very hard, I think, to listen and take seriously uh, the, the problems that are, that are patently there regarding the environment. Um, and it always occurred to me that maybe, maybe children, you know, first of all, they should have a voice. It's so important that they're heard, they're the future, but maybe they would be more effective at um, eliciting change because it's very hard to, for anybody, I think, you know, almost anybody, <laughs> To, to hear a, a six-year-old child saying, you're destroying my life, you know, you're destroying my future. 
um, and not to listen, not to have some, you know, I would hope some sort of uh, empathy with that. And so, um, that's interesting, isn't it? isn't it? Because in a way, children take the lead position over their parents because they feel the anxiety about their future more acutely than maybe grown-ups do. <clears throat> and so it's quite, it's really, really important to get those voices across. Yeah, so I think it's twofold. In, in the end, it's first of all, because I think it can be effective. And the, the book that we created, which was based around... Um, photographs that were taken by a friend of mine, Robin Bath, called Climate Change. Can I show a picture? There we go. This is, yeah. This is what it is. I don't know. It's probably back to front, but never mind. No, it's right. It's right way around. Okay. There you go. So this, this is what it is. And, this, and we, we created that. And it's um, oh, there's, a, there's a website, Climate Change Children's Voices, that people can go and check out. Um, but it was there really initially to try and create something for, um, yeah, for COP26 and to have a, a group of young friends and persuaded people go up there with copies of the book and just give them away, just to try and get them to delegates, to try and get them to people that were there. And we were fairly successful. We waylaid people in hotels and railway stations and, uh, so, so that was the that was the timing. The initial thing was we let's try and get this out there. So how and did it, it how how did the idea start? First of all, I mean you're clearly a person of ideas, and that's great. And you must have had this idea, and you work with Robin. Um, I mean, how did it start? How did you get the idea together? Well, well, I just I visited Robin. I just um, popped around to see him, and he started to show him. And Robin's this very very, very a brilliant photographer, but such a gentle soul. He'll never try and promote anything that he does, you know. And he started to show me these images from that were taken around the um, the demonstrations that children were part of in you know late 2019. 2019. And they were, I was just stunned by the the you know just the the effect of the imagery and the way and what children were saying and the, and their their, their way of communicating, even, even through photographs. Um, and so I just, I just said to, to Robin, this is wonderful. Let's take this on. Let's try and do something further with these you know, extraordinary images. And so, and he was very, very up for it. Uh, and so we, did, we decided to create a, an exhibition and a book of his photographs, but then to bring in children's artwork and views and ask them their own, you know, to create um, drawings and paintings based on their fears and their worries about the environment, just their view on what was going on. And I just went to local schools up here in Shetland, in the north part of Shetland, and also uh, on the Isle of Wight and a few other schools. And people, and these kids have contributed this most extraordinary stuff. The children, it was just so touching. Um, and very direct the way children are, you know, it's just like, it's sort of wonderfully direct and to the point. Um, and so the book was created using photographs from Robin and these images that were created by children. Yeah. So how did you get the children? I mean, you went to schools in Shetland. I mean, is that where you started or did you create a wider network and how did you do that? 
I just asked friends, you know, and uh, up here it was, uh, I just contacted the local schools and they all thought it was great. And what they found was that it, just asking the question, you know, elicited great dialogue, you know, and, uh, and really opened up a situation of discussion with children. They found it very useful. And then my, I got lots of family on the Isle of Wight and my son there went also to the local schools and and then other and just friends and friends and, and Andrea my, who works with me approach so we just approached schools that were directly accessible and and, um, and now with Andrea you've developed a wider network have you and it's sort of uh, <clears throat> you know sort of exploding in the sense that people are really interested well that's what we found was that people really liked the project um, in school in schools found the project very helpful but then when they were presented, we, we gave all the, all the pupils who, and the teachers who contributed a copy of the book as well as part of the arrangement. And, um, we, and they, they said it was so useful. It just like it became a very useful tool for discussion and opening up ideas. And, uh, and, the, and I guess the main incentive for us was also seeing that many people were traumatized by this. Many children were really scared and confused. So it was also to give them a voice where they could say something, you know, and to, so the website we hope will evolve also into being that a voice for children. And, um, but also to, to develop um, projects which, which are going to mean that children, there's something they feel they can do. You know, there's some action they can take as a as an individual, whether it's just planting something locally, or helping you know something around the family, whatever. But, but rather than having them stuck with this this huge amount of information, uh, just say, well, there's something you can do. You know? But that that's interesting because I think a lot of people, well, maybe they do, but not enough understand the anxiety that young people really? and children go through, and in a way. Being able to express that doing something is a sort of therapy, but it also is a, something that can turn people's fears into positive action, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 to also create playtime with it as well. Really, have um, you know one of one of the people that worked with us is uh, Anna Anna Kalau, who's wonderful, and she did a she did a, um, a weekend seminar at a place up in Northumberland, a big, uh, uh, a really lovely place. And families with children came there and it was just introducing, a lot of these children came from Newcastle and very inner city and just introducing them to the land, introducing them to things that grow, you know, introducing them to um, just the basic idea of uh, that things grow and live and need care, you know. Yeah, and, and also um, the fact that you've got it helps teachers, doesn't it? Because very often teachers find it very difficult to know how to confront climate change in the classroom. Yeah. And what you've done is you provided them a means to do that. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's a starting point, really. And, um, and the response to the book has been very good. It's been, it's been a helpful focal point, I think, you know, uh, a basis of discussion. And the fact that the book is of, you know, children are seeing other children expressing themselves, you know, and, you know, either through demonstrating or 
through just writing and drawing. And the drawings are wonderful. I mean, the drawings are sort of sensational. So I, they're, they're so heartfelt. And, the and book, sort of seeing that there's a and then sorry. I was going to say, so the book is about it is photographs and drawings and what they feel about the the, the emergency of climate change. Exactly that. Exactly that. It's, an, it's, a, it's a depiction of that. And, and they're, so they have, they're having a voice through this book. Um, and then we're hoping that will evolve into a much wider voice on the website, but also into projects going into schools, which are instigated by the book, but which will be all related, you know, all related to climate change and to environmental issues. You say instigated by the book, so you sort of launched a campaign as a result of the book, haven't you? Can you tell us what that campaign is? Well, wow. okay, it's evolving. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's it really is evolving. Actually, I think we're we're in early we're in early stages of um, of defining how it's going to work, but effectively it will be. I mean, I'll certainly be getting the book to getting the book into more schools. You know, making it available to more schools, um, but we're trying to develop projects together with um, some of one or two of the people involved are, you know, they're educators, and they they so we we have probably have another discussion, I hope anyway, in a few weeks, which, which would involve Andrea and the team who are evolving this, you know, because it's that's really their place, that's really their. I'm kicking it off. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got, you've got a sort of website, haven't you, or a hub called The Playground. I mean, what's the purpose of that and how is that integrated into what you're doing? Yeah, um, it's once again, it's evolving. I have, to, I have to say that I'm the wrong person to be talking about that, you know, really. I'm so sorry. Uh, but, it, but it's really, once again, to get to, it's all part of giving children a voice, you know. It's all part of giving them a place where they can they can express their views and 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 interrelate so but i and it's evolved as i say it's early days it's evolving and i think within about three or four weeks there's probably another discussion with one of the one of the more active people at the moment <laughs> so so i mean it, it i mean is it developing ad hoc or have you got a sort of systematic systematic approach to different schools and different education authorities um do you have a strategy for that or, or are you just letting it grow as it grows no we will have a strategy i think that um yeah, we do, we do. I mean, really, at the moment, we're having discussions about how best to go forward, you know, and how to be most effective. And all the three key people involved are very busy right now. It's just become, you know, just the way things are. So we're waiting for a time that suits all of them to be able to really launch and to work and to finalize the strategies. But the intention is to get into as many schools as we can and to make the resource very easily and in some cases freely available you know it's not a commercial access not a commercial project so it's as much giving people um the means well i mean when i read some of the things on your website what i found really intriguing is you said you're trying to give 
young people a chance, not just to express their concerns and their anxieties, but to also imagine the future. How yeah. important has that been as part of what you're doing? Oh, I think so. It's so important. I think just, um, yeah, gosh. I think for children to, 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 to be able to use their imagination, but also their, to, to express their hopes, you know, about that. I think this is all, it's all to do with looking after the well-being of children as well, you know, and giving them hope and the possibility of change as well. And, and showing them that there are things that can be done. I mean, when you spoke to them and, and, and your team spoke to them, I mean, <clears throat> did, did you find that they did have hope, that they did think the future was possible to reinvent, or was anxiety the prevailing fear that you found? I think anxiety was the main thing, actually. Yeah. You know, I think there were some who were more positive. There are others who are just rather confused by it, you know. and. Um, didn't quite know what to do but a lot of a lot of children I think were, were you know were rather traumatized and fearful about all the information the way it was coming through to them uh, but some I mean they're all if you look at the drawings actually so many of them express hope you know they do say look we need to change now we need to do this we need to look after this you know um so they're, they're not sort of saying it's, you know, we're all doomed, you know. <laughs> but but the, you said, it's quite interesting, you said the way the information is coming through to them. Do you think sometimes that we as adults are feeding, you know, a declaration of gloom all the time? And, and it's very difficult for them then to <clears> see <throat> beyond that. Uh, and we have to rethink how we approach climate change and the way children receive it. Yeah, I think there's a real balance there. I think that, well, I think, you know, children are so so locked into social media now. You know, there's so many places where they get there. It's not just parents or teachers or their, you know, their immediate um, contemporaries. It's also um, just where they get their information from. And it's like, it can be so overwhelming, I think. And I think it's, I think it is important to to always give hope, you know, to give a positive view on there are things you can do i mean we may they may not work right? okay, but but at least have a good psychological state of mind with this if you can yeah, yeah I, I think that's that's right i mean i think a lot of us including me often give messages about what's going to happen that's bad um but there are so many people trying to do good things and they may be small they may be minor but they're important and they're important for children to know that doing something is like an anchor on life, isn't it? Because from there you can build more. Oh, I mean, uh, absolutely. It, uh, and there's always, I mean, that, that attitude is so important to instill within children that there's always possibilities of change, you know? There's always that, there's always a, And I think, you know, I think also there's, um, it's quite interesting because the, the work that I do in music, you know, I'm working uh, for many decades, been working with um, a mixture of very creative people, but also with corporations and, you know, big outfits. And there's a tendency quite understandably to sort of demonize the, um, you know, the, the powers that be. Yeah. And my experience is that 
although the uh, although the commercial processes that are, that are sort of in, in built into these kind of setups are probably not and they're not positive i think they're they're really sort of quite nasty that within those companies within those organizations there are some extraordinary creative people and you know wonderful people trying to many of them trying to find ways of evolving and changing um changing their message you know changing their way of working and it's so i'm sort of going slightly sideways here but it's also it's, a, it's an interesting uh, scenario i found i mean one, can i give you an example or? yeah go ahead okay what do I mean? it's like in 2008 we put a, an album together uh, some colleagues and i put an album together with with very major artists called songs for tibet and this was at the time of the beijing olympics yeah. and it was because the you know i've worked with the tibetan cause for decades for a long, long time um and it was um they because they'd be their voice had been you know had been totally totally squashed the chinese authorities especially around the olympics were um you know totally draconian in what they were doing and so the album was really a way of um, bringing awareness to this and we made it available as a free download for all the um, athletes in Beijing and the Chinese were absolutely livid about this you know, they were, you know, right? uh, <clears throat> and and when we launched it Apple were um, gave it total support. It was amazing. I mean, like we didn't understand it actually. I mean, iTunes, Apple, they gave it huge, huge support, and it, it was tagged not only on the uh, iTunes site but also on the main Apple site. And um, and it was hugely successful in the sense it was the number one album on iTunes for the first week that it came out. Yeah. You, you, you sort of say you digress, but you haven't in a way, because what you're doing in Tibet, what you're doing with children is you're trying to get those voices that are unheard into the public domain. And it seems to me that's a part of what you do in your life, isn't it? That's very much part. And But just to follow through on what I was saying, just so the album was actually banned. They banned iTunes in China. They just banned it. And Apple obviously had huge manufacturing going on in China. So we thought that's it, you know, um, Apple are not going to support this anymore, but they continued to support. They kept on supporting. And then about two weeks late, and it was great publicity, you know, because we've got lots of press out. Um, and then, then, they, um, then they opened up iTunes, except for this one album, yeah, which was even better publicity. And we can never figure out the story here because like Apple was suffering terribly in terms of commercial reasons. And what we discovered was that it was actually Steve Jobs who was still alive at that time. You know, Steve Jobs who had actually come through and said, you support this, it doesn't matter what happens, you support this, you know, and take, we take all the shit. Um, so there, I, what I'm saying is I think there are these people, and I think if you can turn them around, children's voices is, I guess, my sense of, it's not converting the people who are already converted, it's how do you touch people who don't 
you know, who don't get it or who don't have the focus. And, and they are out there. And people in major um, powerful positions at the moment, you know. So that was the other idea behind the book. Yeah. But, but that's a lesson for everyone, including me, that sometimes we are critical of corporations and organizations, but we forget that there are people working in those organizations that want to make a difference. And they have to struggle against the bureaucracy, but they still do it. And that's worth being positive about, isn't it? Uh, very much. You know, and I think if you, can, if you can get into that, I mean, as well as all the wonderful work that's going on with, you know, Extinction Rebellion, all these extraordinary, you know, um, processes that are, that are going there to try and bring awareness and to change, make change, but also to try and get into the major structures and turn people's minds there. And that's, that was the idea of doing this book and to get to COP26 and get to those people who could possibly make a difference. And even if we only change one or two minds, but they were powerful minds, you know, then that could be effective. Yeah. But that, I mean, that, that's a really important lesson. <clears throat> um, it's sort of infiltrate as well as protest and, and, and that, 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 that's good. I mean, you, you, you're carrying on with your campaign, aren't you? And you got, uh, you issued a challenge on Earth Day, a competition for schools, and you're, you're taking that forward. And you're also looking for ways of funding and you've got to go fund site, haven't you, to try and develop your campaign even further. Yes, I mean, and, and I think, um... It, it, in a sense, we're, we're, we're just closing off the first part of the situation and evolving the next phase. And so, yeah, there will be another funding process that we'll ask for, but we want to be very specific about it, you know, not just say, oh, can you keep on giving us funds, please? But more, we, we'd like to do this, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that must be the most difficult part to get funding for it. And I mean, are you planning to turn the book or or is it already turned into a digital copy or is it just hard copy at the moment? It's just hard copy at the moment. It's a physical thing, but it will be, I'm, I'm sure it will end up being a, a digital copy that will be widely available. I mean, there are there's a version of it that you can go to, a much shorter version to see a few images, but um, the whole book is not there. Yeah. So having done this, I mean, do you have any plans to do anything new in the future or are you not going to concentrate on this book being the focal point for a wider campaign? Um, what I will do personally anyway is I really want to support the evolving projects that the, the team, the, young, the younger team are, are creating. So, so I'm, I'm going to go a little bit more into the background um, but we'll be uh, sort of helping either financially, just ideas, giving support to the projects that come from the book, you know? Uh, I mean, have you got any particular project that you can think of that has come from the book that has sort of excited you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, really just a, re just a reaction in scores, you know, that's come and that's excited me. And it me what it says is that the, that there's a purpose for the book and for the ideas that we're trying to put forward um, within scores. And the fact that it can come from scores and that they might have, then they seem to be embracing it, you know, I'm very grateful rather than thinking it's something outside of their remit or whatever. They, you know, we found that all the scores we've been to 
no one has, none of them has said, oh no, we don't, we can't work with that. They've all said, this is great. That's, so that's been the main, um, I mean, I've been very excited by that anyway. I found that very helpful. Yeah. And you were saying to me before we started this, you've got the sort of team working with you and Andrew is sort of the one of the key p people in this. I mean, how is that team working? What are they doing? Okay. Um, I mean, Andrea is really, uh, uh, she's administrating. She's, um, yeah, she pulls us all together. She's great. I mean, she's really the one who tried, you know, um, so she's she's overseeing it really and she's you know she's a she's a mum with a young child six years old and um you know sees the problem that she's working with her local school and then the other two key people karen is dealing her background she's basically my 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 bookkeeper accountant person and but she's got two children and and she loved the project and she's very and they're all totally committed you know it's wonderful and so she's trying to bring sort of fiscal um, sense into the project and making sure that we're doing it right. And, and then Anna Kalau is someone who um, has worked with children on the street for a long, long time. I mean, she's, she's exceptional. Um, she worked with um, Kids Company many years ago, who obviously went through that awful time. Yeah. Uh, but she was hands-on with dealing with, you know, street kids and everything else. And she's now lives in Liverpool and continues to do great work there. And she just loves and does and oversees other projects. She's a very creative force. And so she's probably one of the main people who will be helping to evolve, well, how we do things, you know, where we go. Okay, so it sounds like it's really beginning to take off and you've got a really enthusiastic and committed team with you. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, like you said, we can do some more work with Andrea and, and talk to her and the team. And I think that'd be great. I mean, we've come close to the end of the half hour. So can I ask you, you know, finally, if anybody wanted to contact you, support you or help in any way, how would they make contact? I think really to go through to, um, if, if you have a look on the website, you know, then there are ways of contacting through there. Um, but I can also, I mean, Andrea would be the main, the main point of contact, definitely. And she'd be much, and she, that's her role. So I can just, um, I can give you her details, you know, as well. I'm sure she'd be happy on that. So. Okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll promote that and, and, and say to people if they want to make contact, if they want to be involved, then Andrea is the person to, uh, to contact. But I mean, you know, thank you for doing this, because it's, it's an amazing initiative, actually. I mean, to get children's voices out is important in itself in order that they can express their own anxieties, but also to give something to schools to act as a, a you know a catalyst to get children in those schools to think themselves and to help teachers to find a way of getting across the crisis of climate change when it's so difficult for them we often say you know we do too we you know you should teach climate change in schools but it's easier said than done and having something like you've done 
um, I can help South a great deal. So, you know, thank you for doing this and thank you for telling us about all the work you've been doing and your colleagues as well, because I think it's really, really um, a great uh, initiative. And I think it's going to help a lot of schools and help them develop the message of climate change and express what children feel. So thanks, Jeff, for doing it. Thanks, one, one last thing to say is that, is that within the projects you're doing, the schools that you're um, working with or you're trying to evolve, um, then if you need some copies of the book, we can get this to you. In other words, we're, what I'd like to do that as a free, as a gift for the project, you know, to rather than as a commercial exercise, if you see what I mean. So there are there are copies of the book that you can access. Yeah. Okay, so if we contacted our, the schools in our own locality, we could say we could send some of, of those books to them. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's great, and that's good to know. We'll, we'll take that up because you've talked to Zoe, and we've got a whole group working on education and climate change, and I think they'd be really keen to take up your offer because I think many schools would really welcome that. So thanks again, Jeff. It's been really an important interview to do, and... Um, Thank you for your time and we'll uh, end this interview now.